Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, going over the second division of our NFL segment here on the show. Got Johnny Rowe and Blaine with me back in the studio to preview the NFC North. We, uh, we did the NFC West last week, moving to the North this week. For those who don't know, Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears, we're going to have it all for you guys coming up shortly. But first, let's talk to the boys. We'll start with you, Johnny Rowe. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Another beautiful day here in Rogersville, Missouri. I'm loving life, being a dad, I'm going to St. Louis for a wedding this weekend with my family. Uh, celebrate the marriage of a good friend of mine. So yeah, life couldn't be better right now, Chan. And Blaine, it's good to see you too, brother. I'm just looking forward to talking some football with you guys. It's always fun. Football! Blaine, what's up, buddy? We're getting to some real football. NFC North. I mean, you go to the West. Ah, all right. But you get to the North, the tundra of the NFL. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. This is this is gets me excited. Gets my bones a little tingled. You know what's funny, though, about the Tundra, Blaine, is that two stadiums in the quote-unquote Tundra are indoors. So, really, I think the NFC West could even be a colder division in terms of what you play in. Seattle, San Fran, if it's cold, ugh. (laughs) Well, not a bad take. Would you rather play in the cold or indoors at, at somewhere? I feel outdoor football towards that. Oh, I'm an outdoor guy through and through. I don't know about you guys, but it has to be outdoors. Well, there's an, that, see, no, the guys, there's an element to this that we are overlooking. I understand, like, but, you know, if you look at like Missouri Valley football, like all these northern schools have, you know, domes because, I mean, the conditions are just ridiculous. We'll get into it later when we talk about the Packers, I'm sure. But how their season ended, they should have won the game. But, I mean, the weather was a huge factor. You play all season to play in weather that is – like, I love cold-weather football, but, I mean, come on. Like, if the Chiefs were to lose in that condition, I'd be pretty pissed off. So, that's my take. 100%. Packers Packers fans still got to be pissed about that, but that's what what they've got. Well, speaking of the Packers, let's get into the episode. We're going to start with the Packers, whom I believe are the best team in this division. I don't think there's any real debate there. Um, Would be very interested if any of you had a debate on that. But um, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP. I was telling Blaine before the show, um, I don't think that's really talked about enough. I mean, that's very impressive in itself, especially the way that uh, Aaron Rodgers started the season last season getting – throttled by the saints right in jacksonville or somewhere weird because of a hurricane or something like that oh no they're playing new orleans yep that's right and um to come back and to win the mvp after that rocky star i mean it just says a lot about the talent and i think that radiates throughout the team um some notable things that i wanted to bring up real fast before i turn it over to you guys uh sammy watkins a packer for some reason people seem to be pretty high on him rogers came out in a press conference the other day said that um he was doing he had a good uh good start to otas i mean say what you will about sammy he's a he's a dependable guy as long as he's healthy but as we all know he cannot stay healthy so i guess we'll see and then he's taking over for Devonte adams what I, I, I don't see how that really correlates very well. Uh, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. And uh, Sammy Watkins just cannot produce that same strength of number. I don't think any, there's any way he can do it. I want to give this quick take about the Packers, though. And I think this year, for the first time in a long time, um, I think that the strength of their team is the defense. I think their defense is nasty. I think that their defensive line is very good. Um, I think Rashawn Gary is a guy that can become a game changer in the NFL from Michigan. Dude's an absolute unit. Um, And their secondary is nasty. Jair Alexander will be back 100% healthy all year this year, uh, assuming he doesn't get hurt. Um, And and two guys – I watched this 11-minute interview with Jair Alexander on the Packers' website today. And he had really high praise for two corners that they got. Eric Stokes, who was Trent McDuffie's teammate at Washington, 
and Rasul Douglas, another cornerback that he's really high on, thinks that they could be two of the best in the NFL. And say what you will about Jair. I know he's only been in the league for a couple of years. He's definitely one of the league's best corners. Um, so if he's saying that, they have some talent. Um, and then they drafted Quay Walker, the linebacker out of, out of Georgia. He has he looks to me like every bit of a beast as you can get. Um, everybody was saying that he was the best player on Georgia's defense other than uh, – or he was better than the Kobe Dean at linebacker. So you'll, we'll see there. But I, I think their defense is set up to have real success. And I'll turn it over to you guys. Blaine, uh, what do you like? What do you dislike? What do you got for me? Yeah, well, I – I like the Packers a lot this year. They got a lot to see about what their offense looks like, but that's kind of a cliche thing to say. They're going to run the ball well. Aaron Rodgers is fine. They got fine weapons. Tanya and all those guys, you know, they, they have enough back. They'll be fine. But back to the Quay take, they should have taken Devin Lloyd. I'll stand by that. They, they missed on Quay, and I'll just wait and watch. Devin Lloyd's going to be one of the best rookie linebackers out of this class. They should have taken him. That's a, an all-pro guy, but that's just one miss that I wanted to point about uh, point out about their draft class. But in a sense, Green Bay is Green Bay, championship pedigree. They are what holds this division together. They are the best team in this division. I said it. You guys didn't expect me to say it. I think they finished first in this division, but I just don't get that off my chest. Love it. Johnny. All right, so – Three for three, guys. Uh, this is this is my pick to win uh, the NFC North. Um, Chandler, a lot of your notes were the same as mine, but I'll just try. I think he's a really good player. He's actually been on the team for, for a couple of years, and they re-signed him this offseason. I think that's a really good move. Another guy they re-signed, uh, Robert Tanyan. The reason I bring that up is with the departure of Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think they're going to need other guys to step up, maybe an increased role for, for Tanyan. And, uh, of course – Alan Lazard's going to have to pick up the slack that's left over um, from Devontae Adams. And I think they still have Randall Cobb, um, Rodgers' best buddy there. So football is such a quarterback-driven sport that I think it would, it would be foolish to pick against the Packers to win this division. He's clearly the best quarterback in the division at his age. Um, he's still playing elite-level football, and uh, they'll go as far as he can take them. I mentioned earlier, um, I was disappointed in the way that their season ended. I think the weather was a huge factor in that. And now all credit to San Francisco for coming into Green Bay and winning that game 13-10. to 10, But certainly uh, you can, as a fan of the Packers, place a lot of blame on the elements there. Final uh, addition that I'll say is they brought Jaron Reed in from the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I thought he was horrible for Kansas City last year. He had like maybe one game where he looked okay, but um, there's a reason that two years ago, Seattle let a guy who was talked about highly in league circles and Jaron Reed, there was a reason that Seattle let him go um, a couple of years ago. And uh, Zadarius Smith also is off the team. He signed with, with Minnesota. Um, I think it was great of the Packers to, with their two first round picks, take players off of the Georgia defense. I mean, I think that's just a great move. First Quay Walker, second Devonta Wyatt. I think that was a good move by the Packers to go with Georgia players. And then a player who I think is going to have to really, for this draft class to look good for the Packers and for their offseason moves to look good, they need Christian Watson out of NDSU. Their, their, their first, you know, skilled player taken in this draft, second round, 34th overall, you know, one of the first picks in the second round. He's really going to have to become something for this team. Uh, Rodgers typically does not trust rookie players early on, especially at the skill position. He's going to have to earn Rodgers' trust um, because the Packers are going to be lacking at the skill position uh, without Devontae Adams. That's, that's easy to say. Watch out for Aaron Jones this year in fantasy circles. He's going to have to be good, too. Yeah. Uh, wow. Absolutely love that take. Really, honestly, truly forgot about Christian Watson. Oh, that's why we have Johnny Rowe on the pod. I love it, boys. Um, and I, before we move on to our next team, oh, go ahead, Blaine. I just wanted to have your take as an NBC aficionado of Christian Watson. Like, I, did you watch him play? Did you see film on him back in the day? I know he's really young, but have you? I mean, well, do you know anything about him? I guess as you're saying. Theoretically, I played against him. Um, right. Uh, so I, I mean, I feel like I probably definitely watched him play. Um, and then, yes, I watched him on TV a little bit and I've seen some clips of, of things he's done, but 
Um, I believe that his biggest question mark is drops. And like Johnny said, um, Rodgers is not, and that is definitely true. Rodgers does not trust rookies. And if that guy goes out there and drops a bunch of balls, he ain't going to look at him for a second. You know how Aaron Rodgers is. He doesn't care about your feelings really at all. He's just there to win football games, which I really respect. So you have to earn it. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's his biggest thing. He has blazing speed and he's huge. So if he gets the catch down, he will be a, a force. I would imagine the NFL, maybe one of NDSU's best players um, outside of offensive linemen. Honestly. Yeah. And they could, there's a few guys like deep in the Packers Rodgers, like Amari Rodgers, who returns punts for them that I don't know if there's any kind of potential is he was really good at Clemson or there's, there's a few that, you know, have that, that uh, we'll see what happens if Watson doesn't produce right away. But I think the whole drop thing and, and um, I guess the preseason or out of OTAs or stuff is so overblown. These guys are coming in nervous playing with a new quarterback they've never had before. And there has been some reports about Watson's drops. Well, just see how it goes. He's going to be fine. He's, he's going to be fine. I mean, I like the optimism blame, but drops, drops are drops. Um, Tyreek. Johnny, you wanted to say something? Yeah, it's not really like a disagreement. I didn't play um, football, especially not at a high level like you, Chan. I, I think just from what I've seen, like drops can be a lot like, like having fumble issues like from a running back perspective, like I think, I think you can get a little bit better at it, but like you're always kind of a risk. Like it's yep. not like you just, you just learn to catch the ball at 22 years old, like a total professional, you can get better at it. But I think some of these guys like just have it, you know, like, like quarterback accuracy. Like there are times where quarterbacks get better and more accurate, but then they'll revert to their, their older ways or their, their negative tendencies. So, you know, I, I think Watson has all the measurables and especially the athleticism that you're going to need. He's just going to have to get on Rogers good side and it's going to have to start early. Cause we've seen like, it, it doesn't have to be a rookie. Even if the Packers bring in a, a veteran, if Sammy Watkins drops the ball, he's not going to yeah. get the ball thrown to him. Right. True. Yeah. And that's that's part, a good point. And as part of developing, like you get, I, mean, I, re, I vividly remember Devonte Adams whenever he started as a Packer behind Cobb and some of those guys having drop issues. Now look, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Hopefully, you know, learn from that a little bit, and we'll see what Watson. He's up the top of rookie of the year candidates. Off. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and before, can you guys hear me? Okay. Okay. Before we move on to the uh, yeah. Before, yeah. before we move on to the next uh, team, want to mention one thing real quick about Jaron Reed, um, and it doesn't specifically have to do with him. But guys, real quick, our interior D line stinks. It's horrible. So bad. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it's I really awful. don't know that the Packers' interior D line is. It's got some problems too. Yeah, they have they have Rashawn Gary listed as an outside linebacker. I know they played a three four, so he's that stand up Tom Bahali type, Justin Houston type, and that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, their interior D line is not that good. So keep an eye on that. Next team I want to talk about is the Chicago Bears. Shout out to my boy Jordan Burner Turner. Um, gonna try. I personally am gonna try to keep it a little bit more positive for Burner. Um, I think Blaine and, and Johnny are going to more so reflect my true thoughts, but I'm going to look at the positives. Um, I think the first thing we need to, know to notify is uh, Bears' new head coach this year, Matt Eberflus, comes over from uh, Indianapolis, um, where he was the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I tend to really disagree with um, – I really disagree with uh, a young quarterback and a defensive-minded head coach. It just seems that it just does not work that well. I mean, ask Drew Locke and Vic Fangio. Um, it, you know, it's really got to be a special connection, like a Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson type, where Russell is just so offensively minded and gifted that he can just do the offense himself. I don't necessarily think Justin Fields is that way, but spin zone this. 
They bring over um, offensive coordinator Luke Getze, who was at Green Bay. He was the quarterback coach for Rodgers. Um, that actually gives me a lot of confidence and hope. Um, you know, I think that as long as the defensive coordinator or the, the Eberflus, the defensive-minded guy, stays away from the offense and trusts the offensive coordinator and Justin Fields to figure out what works best for them and what works best for the offense, I think it can work really well. The Getze has been around, obviously, greatness and Aaron Rodgers. He knows what it takes from a quarterback standpoint. Can he create his own offense? I would imagine so. I'm, I would imagine he's going to bring over a lot of stuff from Green Bay. Um, and so I think that really can work. I really still believe in Justin Fields. I think that he had a decent rookie year for his situation, and I think it can only get better with maybe an offensive mind, um, fresh stuff, fresh everything, just, you know, totally. Basically, I feel like it's going to be another rookie year for him just with uh, extended service. Um, one thing I would just want to mention, not throwing any shade here, but they signed Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, kind of funny. Um, they drafted four rookie, uh, they have, or excuse me, they have four rookie, uh, cornerbacks. They drafted Kyler Gordon. Um, I think actually I said something wrong a couple seconds ago, um, about the Packers. Kyler Gordon was Trent McDuffie's teammate at Washington. So I want to correct myself there. But they drafted him. I think he can be pretty good. Um, he had a lot of good, uh, positive stuff said about him um, from what I saw on the website. And two more things I'm going to say before I turn it over to Johnny. Um, <laughs> something else I thought was hilarious. They have six tight ends on the roster right now. But one of those is local product Chase Allen from Nixa. Shout out the 417. Doing big things. He's a pretty good friend of mine. Um, awesome to see. Really need to think about having him on the pod, but that's a different combo for a different time. Um, and then the Bears have been really impressed with Cole Komet, what he's been doing um, so far this offseason. Last thing I'll mention, two long snappers on the roster. They have a long snapper battle going on <laughs> in Chicago. You better keep an eye on that. Job will be made and the job will be lost. It's, the most, it's one of the most important positions on the field, so keep an eye on that. Johnny, what do you got for me on Chicago? A lot, actually. Um, very close family friends of mine are um, diehard Bears fans, and um, I actually had this discussion with with them last weekend. Um, and Jordan Turner, through you, is a, a friend of mine, too, and I'm a big fan of Jordan Turner. So um, I have on my notes here, the Chicago Bears are ineptitude personified. Uh, I think that this organization, with all due respect, I, re I really want them to be good because of my, my, my close family friends. I, I love those people. I think this is one of the biggest joke of an organizations in the entire league, um, especially from a front office perspective. And until they get the front office, I'm talking about like ownership too. Until they get all of that shit taken care of, this organization is going to be a in a constant state of turnover and hell. I firmly believe that the front office right now, Ryan Poles is the GM. Um, he was the chief's executive director of player personnel last year. I firmly believe that this front office team does not believe in Justin Fields. Why do I believe that? Um, he is in what I believe is the most pivotal year of his career right now. Coming off of a year where all of his confidence was completely shattered um, Justin Fields, who I think could be good, is in a very pivotal year. And the roster is, I don't think there's a worse roster in all of football overall right now than the Chicago Bears. Um, they lost Khalil Mack. Allen Robinson is now um, on the Los Angeles Rams. Eddie Goldman's off this team. Danny Trevathan is off this team. This front office did a full gut um, of, this, of this roster. And the offensive side is, is worse. It's worse. Um, their, their starting left tackle at the end of last year uh, was Tevin Jenkins, who, who, who is like maybe a, a right tackle. And so I think Fields this year is going to be running for his life too. Um, they added Byron Pringle from the Chiefs and Equinemius St. Brown from the um, Packers, two teams who in NFL circles are the top two teams looking for wide receiver talent, and they were okay with those guys leaving the roster. Now those guys are – at Justin Fields' disposal. Um, I think that the Bears are now suffering from poor ownership and front office standpoint. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace 
uh, the former coach and GM, obviously got it totally wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. And they're still suffering the effects now. Last year in the draft, they took Justin Fields and they traded up to do it, which everyone thought was kind of bizarre. Why would they do that? I think they did that to try to save their jobs. And it went totally wrong. Um, I'll just let people, if you want to see what I'm talking about, just YouTube um, the first start of Justin Fields' career and look at what the game plan was. They just let this guy drop back and get his bell rung over and over again when they should have handed the ball off repeatedly and maybe let him throw a dozen times. This organization is in total disarray. They're going to be a bottom five team in the league. And with all due respect to all to my Bears fans, people I truly care about, these are my true feelings. And by hiring a defensive coordinator as your head coach right now, you got it wrong again. Yep. Well, <laughs> complete contrast to what I said, but I absolutely love it. Blaine, your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, you got it. You got a problem whenever your two biggest needs are wide receiver. You could argue offensive line. They went out and got Lucas Patrick in the middle of that, so they maybe can run the ball a little bit more because their running back room is okay uh, with Montgomery. But, I mean, it's a it's a total reboot. You go out, you try to get some corners because their cornerbacks had the worst year of – an NFL team I've seen in a long time. I mean, it was really, really bad. I mean, you get good picks, like you said, with Kyler Gordon opposite of Trent McDuffie and Brisker um, out of Penn State. But what are, you, what are you supposed to look forward to in Chicago? Justin Fields getting hammered and throwing to Mooney and Pringle? I mean, it sounds horrible, horrible. And I, I, my heart goes out to you, Justin Turner, <laughs> or Jordan Turner. I'm sorry, buddy. Jesus, the wheeze, this is like – Worst case scenario for a fan base that I don't, I don't wish upon anybody. And I think Johnny made a great point too. I think that it is just totally the GM and the front office screwing up because it's not like Chicago isn't a destination. Like players would want to live and play in Chicago, but like you get the rumors about the front office and how shitty it is to be a Chicago bear. Like why would you go there if you're a big time free agent? So I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, I, I think that they, I think that their ceiling is the third best team in this division. And I think that their floor is the fourth best team in this division. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's not good times in Chicago. Um, two, uh, they, uh, they also signed, uh, they signed Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp, I saw today. So they're trying maybe with some wide receivers there, but those aren't big names either. So it's just like, it's just like, okay, good luck, Justin. And uh, I guess we'll see. Moving on to, anybody got a final, final comment on the Bears? Yes, yes. Okay. Like I know I, I know what I said. I, what I said was honest. Like, oh, yeah. I firmly believe all of that. I love uh, what you said. I, I, and I, I think that's the truth. It's yeah. what thing in Chicago is kind of similar to what I think as a Chiefs fan like we we kind of went through for a long time before Patrick like you just you've never you never have had the guy at quarterback and what what makes it even worse for the Bears is Patrick was taken like you you pat I know Deshaun Watson's had his off the field issues but like as a fan, you have got, I mean, you, you have no other choice. You have to place all of your trust in whatever the plan of the general manager is for player personnel. It's up to the players to execute it. I understand that. But you, all you have is what the GM is going to do, what the coach is going to do. Your GM, right, the coach of the Bears in 17 when they drafted Mahomes or when they drafted uh, Trubisky, the coach was John Fox, right? John Fox thought he did not know that they were going to draft Trubisky. Ryan Pace took it into his own hands without communicating to the organization to trade up and trade Trubisky. Yes, when Trubisky was taken, the head coach at the time did not know that he was going to be the pick. Of course, he was fired later, and Matt Nagy came over to, to coach the team. They made the playoffs their first year. They had the double doing. Like, I feel bad for Bears fans. The reality is it's, it's still bad, and I'm sorry. I believe in Ryan. 
I believe in Ryan Poles, an ex-chief guy going out. I've I've saw some things too. Like they were they're really big on getting some guys that had. Well, I don't know what you say. Like the leadership quality of what the Chiefs organization runs, and they made sure they got good guys in that organization coming in. We'll see, but big turn. I mean, you got to believe in Ryan Poles and our guy from Kansas City. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, I hope they can turn it around. I really do, but um, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. God, sorry. <laughs> So, okay, guys, let's move on. We'll move on to the Detroit Lions. Um, the Detroit Lions, I think that they are in store for a very interesting season. I think that the Detroit Lions will be the most improved team in the NFC North. Um, I absolutely love Dan Campbell. Um, I love the, the, you know, I think he's bringing some sort of toughness, some sort of swagger back to Detroit maybe. Um, I think it's exactly what they need, a good kick in the pants, if you will. Um, a dead organization that uh, needed some some life, some energy, and I think he provides that for the team. Um, they obviously have Jared Goff, who say what you will, he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he's a decent he's a decent quarterback at best. Um, they've definitely tried to get him some weapons. Um, a guy that I was reading about today on their website, uh, Quintez Cephas, his fourth year out of Wisconsin, is having a good offseason, A really really big physical receiver. Um, they signed DJ Chark, uh, they signed Josh Reynolds, and they drafted Jamison Williams uh, from Bama, who we all really wanted on the Chiefs. So they're definitely trying on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if you look at that, if you look at that, uh, that just those four receivers right there, I mean, that's not bad at all, in my opinion. Um, and they still have DeAndre Swift. Um, I think that their biggest question marks are on the defensive side of the ball, and they obviously addressed that with drafting Aiden Hutchinson who I think it could be an awesome story if it works out, staying in Michigan, obviously. Um, and he's obviously a hell, of a hell of a football player, as we saw in college um, from Michigan. Um, I think a guy that will help him in that locker room, who I saw they have, is uh, Michael Brockers, seasoned defensive end veteran. Um, I mean, I don't, he's still, a, you know, obviously a good football player, but not what he once was. But I think his his knowledge passed down to a guy like Aiden Hutchinson will be huge for a guy early on in his career. Um, I really do think that Detroit's going in the right direction. I think they're going in more of a right direction than Chicago sure is. Um, I think they're in a much better place than the Bears um, at this moment in time. Um, I think it'll be interesting what happens in Detroit. And we might have a Thanksgiving game at 11 a.m. That'll be interesting for once. Uh, this year could have it so Blaine with that I'll turn it over to you what are your thoughts about the Detroit Lions of 2022 yeah I talk about the Bears trying to like with Ryan Paul's trying to believe in what they're doing I feel like Detroit fully believes in what they're doing and I feel like the city kind of does and it's like first time and then you said it what i was going to say you get jared goff i really like deandre swift like if i'm a fantasy manager i might be targeting deandre swift this year because i think he's gonna have a great year uh, and then it just goes down the line like tj hawkinson there's the media wants to make him a uh you know like hey you you know new contract or whatever tj hawkinson comes out and says nah i'm worried about winning i'm not worried about a new contract that's detroit this year i mean that, that's detroit hard nose they got that aspect of them and they're going to win some ball games just simply because of that because they got good guys and they're doing it the right way. And it's like that Detroit. I'll actually try to turn on a few Detroit games this year. And I've never said that. Oh, I'm in for Detroit. I really yeah. like Dan Campbell. I you, do know what? you know what? I kind of want to get a little outlandish real quick, Johnny. Just before you go here. I think they're going to be better than Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> um. I haven't thought that far, but I wouldn't totally rule it out. Um, I really like this Lions team. I think Dan Campbell with his outlandish, you know, bite a kneecap off ah. statements. I think that I love that stuff. And I think that like people of Detroit, blue collar people will like that stuff. And whenever like those nerd soy boy, soft-handed media people write about, oh, this guy's such an what does that even mean? This guy has no idea what he's doing. He's just like an old head football like that. Then I know he's, he's good. Then I know that he's the right guy to have. Um, and when they had that um, walk-off win against, against Minnesota um, last year, uh, you could just see Jared Goff. Like I don't think Jared Goff's that great. Um, 
I actually, I, I think, yeah, I don't think he's very good at all, but I think he even believed in Campbell. As soon as he threw the touchdown, he ran directly over to Campbell and like jumped and hugged him. Like you can tell these guys like Dan Campbell. So they've got the right guy uh, as the head coach. Now they got to get the right player, talented roster overall. Last year, someone that hasn't been said yet that they, that they brought in who had a great season. Amon Ross St. Brown is a receiver who fantasy wise was a steal last year. This year, I still think he'll, he'll be a a fantasy steal because I think he'll go later than than a lot of guys and people, people won't pick him because he's in Detroit. They also brought in uh, DJ Chark. Uh, They let Trey flowers go. They brought him in from new England a few years ago. It didn't really work out to, to be much, but on top of Aiden Hutchinson, they brought in a, a guy named Josh Pascal out of Kentucky, who I didn't watch that much college football. When I when I did watch some, I remember Pascal leaving an impression like, okay, this guy's nasty off the edge. So they've got two young guys in Hutchinson and Pascal coming off the edge, and, and they're building this roster around their guys. And more Chandler, uh, th- this team is as, as negative I was about the Bears. And the, li- like the Lions are known for being a joke of a franchise. Right now, as a Lions fan, I think you have to have some of the most optimism that you've had in a long time. I mean, certainly since, you know, Stafford was thrown to Calvin Johnson. It's, it's looking up in Detroit right now. Blaine? Nothing. I mean, I think St. Brown, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that him and Shark and, and going to get those guys, is, it, that's good for them. That's what they needed too, but – I mean, I said what I wanted to say about them. It's a wait and see, but I'm excited to wait and see. And... Yeah. Almond St. Brown's brother is Equianimous, correct? Yeah. What are their parents doing? What is that? Top, I would say top brother name tandem in the entire sports realm of all sports. I don't think there's brothers that have better names than that. Before we get to the Vikings, though, I want to say one thing about the just – I don't know if it's going to end up being stupid, but the Vikings traded down for the Packers to go get Christian Watson. The Vikings traded down for the Lions to go get Jamison Williams. Now, how awful could that turn around for Vikings fans to look back at in three years and just, I mean, go suicidal in their, you know, in their basement? That, that sounds like a disaster. And – well. Waiting to see well, what James Williams does because I think he could have a hell of a year. But um, just the fact that inner trades inside of this division happened and that other teams capitalized, Detroit capitalized is. Before we get to the Vikings, what what's your guys' take on like why would a division trade picks within a division? It just doesn't seem like it's it's smart. I really don't get it. I think I don't. I really don't either, Chan. Like I think maybe like we've seen you know football even when we were like kids, guys like trades and stuff like this like didn't happen like football was thought of just like you kind of get on one team and you play there for for a long time maybe there's a trade once in a while maybe when your contract runs out you don't come back but like you know my opinion on that kind of changed when when Baltimore traded Orlando Brown to the Chiefs like you're trading a good offensive lineman to a team that is your number one obstruction from getting out of the AFC, I think just these GMs like think differently. Like they just get their guys or their capital and it doesn't really matter where it comes from, but certainly the, the, the trade at number 12 where the lions took Jameson Williams to me, like that's really bizarre. The 12th pick. I mean, that's, that's a high pick. And so, you know, if, if Jameson Williams turns out to be a beast and he's in a great situation, like Blaine brought up and you guys, and you Chan, like, the Lions have other receiving options to where he doesn't have to come in and like be the bell, the, the, the bell cow. He, you know, he doesn't have to get, he doesn't have to carry this wide receiver room. So there's veterans in there and, and Jamison can just learn the league and, and, and do his thing. If the Vikings were, were content with Thielen and, and, and uh, Jefferson right now. Okay. But like if, if Williams turns out to be a really good player, like that's going to look terrible for the Vikings. Like, why would you not add that guy to the room? But I got plenty to say about the Vikings later. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a new GM trying to get you comfortable with with the teams he knows. He's already got relationships there. I saw some things, or I guess heard some things that said that this had kind of been in plan a few weeks even before the draft. So they were talking, and he would probably talk in interdivision to guys he already knew. And 
it was there and they took it. So not smart. Yeah. In my well, what a segue into the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I don't have much to say. I think my feelings are pretty clear about the Vikings. I have one word written down. Um, I showed Bland before the pod. It is stinks. Um, I think that their roster is okay. Um, they have pretty decent, uh, they have really good skill position players. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Adam Thielen. I love Justin Jefferson. I don't think their defense is necessarily very good. Um, and quite frankly, I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I just don't think that he can win on the big stages. Um, I would, it, within the division, if you told me Goff or Cousins, I'm taking Goff. I don't even, I wouldn't even argue about that, um, to be quite honest, um, especially for what you're paying a guy like Kirk Cousins. I just, it's just probably the worst contract in the entire NFL. Um, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Blaine. Um, I don't have high hopes of the Vikings. Um, I really don't. Jared Goff over Kirk Cousins, Chandler? Maybe. Actually, no, no, yes, I would. I mean, that, that, I, it's hard to swallow for me. I'm a Kirk Cousins stand, and it's obvious, and you guys are going to pick at it for the next however many minutes we have left on this podcast. So let it no, be known. However many years left I have in this life. <laughs> <laughs> on screw, his contract. Screw this episode. <laughs> but, but the only reason that I, I, other than that I'm a Kirk Cousins stand, which say it as you will, but you have the best young receiver in the NFL. You have a new offensive coach in Kevin O'Connell taking the helm that can create some urgency, can create some excitement around this offense. There's been reports coming out of Minnesota that, they, I mean, it's a new team. Mike Zimmer was horrible. There's a reason they stuck with Kirk, didn't kick him out the door, and they kicked Mike Zimmer out the door instead because there was a clear problem with the way that they were doing things. Justin Jefferson even like blatantly came out and said that, quote, there are no longer an old-style offense. Think about Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, and some of these guys in a new-style offense. It's been successful in the league when you've looked at some of the new coaches coming in that are young gunners. Give Kirk Cousins Cannon that offense. That's a lot of upside yeah. to me. That's a lot of upside to me. And when you look at what they're doing defensively, okay, it's not great. They got a new defensive coordinator doing a 3-4 scheme. They went and got Louis Sign. They got Booth Jr. They got some additions on the secondary that I think can be a good addition. Now that might take a little bit. I'm not saying that their defense is going to win them ball games, but I think hopefully in, in my Viking standpoint of being a believer in this team is that this offense can, in a new way, bring some refreshment to Minnesota. And I have high upside for Minnesota this year just because of that. We good? Am I, can yeah. I go now? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, and 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 Blaine, feel free to interject if you need to. I, so I am not. I guess I'm. I don't hate the Vikings. Again, like I like these teams in the Midwest. Like I just like the Midwest, and I, you know, like I said earlier, like I I would want the Bears to be good. I would want the Lions to be good. Like ultimately, I don't want them to beat the Chiefs. But like I know what these fan bases go through. Like we have shitty weather the majority of the year and like so so I, I don't hate the Vikings I I just don't think Kirk Cousins is is very good and now with the addition of Kevin O'Connell like we are now going to see Kirk with like a bright young offensive mind so like let's I I welcome to be proven wrong um, with everything that I'm going to say about Kirk Cousins just shitty stats about him so I welcome to be proven wrong um, and before I get into those stats, just additions and, and losses by the team. Um, I mentioned earlier, now they have Zadarius Smith, who I still think is a very good pass rusher and a great addition um, uh, for their defense. They brought back Patrick Peterson and linebacker from Arizona, Jordan Hicks, is, is now on the roster. They lost uh, defensive tackle Michael Pierce and uh, Tyler Conklin uh, is now a New York Jet. And yeah, the, the draft picks, you know, they, they must be supremely confident that they have a chance in this division. Uh, they didn't need the high draft capital for a receiver. They're comfortable with where their receiver room is right now. And uh, that's why they went with young, uh, you know, defensive backs. And uh, they got another guy. I don't know if you know him, Blaine. I'll let you answer this. But you know this Evans kid out of Mizzou? They got a fourth-round corner named A. a Caleb Evans. <laughs> know anything about him? 
No, I don't know a ton, but I know he was pretty good at Mizzou. He, he really was one of their standpoints in that defense. So it, it's not a guy I don't think they're going to plug and play, but he has the opportunity. What's his, what's his name so, again yeah. one more time? It's spelled A. It's, it's Caleb with an A. A Caleb. Love it. Whatever. I love at, it. At, Hilarious. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to read you guys a number, and I want you guys to tell oh, me fuck. if you know what this, this number is. 231,669,486 dollars. Do you guys know what that number is? I would imagine it's Kirk Cousins' contract in some way, shape, or form. It's Kirk Cousins' 10-year career earnings in the NFL. 231,669,486 dollars. He just signed a one-year contract extension uh, for this season, $35 million fully guaranteed, making fully guaranteed, making him the 10th highest paid quarterback in the entire league. Um, He is behind Jared Goff payment wise though. uh, If you guys didn't know that he's behind some really good quarterbacks, but uh, Goff and like Derek Carr are above him guys who um, are debatable to be in that top 10 few more stats here in his career, his whole career, He's 50, 58, 59, and two as a starter. So he's under 500 as a starter. And in Minnesota, he's 32, 31, and one. So he is one game over 500 as a starter for Minnesota. And he's made the Yoffs in one year um, in, in Minnesota. With the Vikings, he is seven and 26 against teams who at the time had a winning record. That means like they could be one and oh. Or, you know, or they could be, you know, 14 and two or 14 and one, whatever it was. So um, he's also eight and 17 in prime time. And here's one stat that I think is it's going to tie my point together. He's top five all time league history, top five all time in quarterback passer rating among the 15, the top 15 on that list. He's the only quarterback with a losing record. You, Why is that? You just read off Mike Zimmer stats, not Kirk Cousins stats. Why is that? Commanders I think... or foot, football team, commanders, Redskins, yeah, whatever. No, Play, no, no, no. I am out on 14, that. 15, 16, 14, 15, 16. He was in D.C. and the worst franchise in the NFL. Then 18, 19, 20, 21, he's at the Vikings with Mike Zimmer, who's given him 1990-style football with nothing to look forward to. Yet, Kirk's still giving up, you know, last year, 4,200 yards. The year before, 4,200 yards. Last year, 33 touchdowns. The year before, 35 touchdowns. Back-to-back, 100-plus quarterback rating years. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-plus 95 quarterback rating years. I mean, he's never had a bad year as a quarterback. He's lost games, but he's lost so many games. games. Last year, he lost four games because the defense, he put them ahead with three minutes to go. Defense shits a brick. That's the last, that was literally all last year. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't Kirk Cousins. It wasn't because his offense wasn't explosive. They did enough to win ball games in, in, in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer needs to figure out how to use Harrison in the back, in, in, the, in the secondary. He needs to use some of those guys that he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And the Vikings struggled because of it. And like I said, there's a reason why this new Vikings offense this new Vikings defense, this new Vikings feeling is going to be better than they've ever been. And Kirk Cousins is going to have a career year. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins have the same amount of playoff appearances for the Vikings. Am I right? And I'd even go out on a limb here and say that I'm right when I say that Case Keenum has the only Minnesota playoff win. And Kirk Cousins wasn't even dressed for that game, if I remember correctly. So not only are you paying him however much money you're paying him, he can't even win you a playoff game. How can you believe in this guy? I don't care that he has back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back 95-plus quarterback ratings. At the end of the day, quarterbacks are paid to win games, Blaine. And you're paying this guy top-10 quarterback money in the league, and he's just flat-out not a top-10 quarterback. When you sit here and talk to me about the Jared Goff case – or, excuse me, Jared Goff-Kirk Cousins debate, Goff's been to a Super Bowl. 
Sure, maybe he was on a little bit of a better team, but he's not. I mean, you know, I mean, he's getting paid. He, he's getting paid because he has been there before and has proven to have gotten a team there before. Kirk Cousins has proven nothing, and he's getting this money. It doesn't make any sense to me. And he stinks. <laughs> you just said it yourself. He has the best young receiver in the entire NFL, and he couldn't even make the playoffs. So, I mean, what, what more can you want around this guy? He has Thielen, one of the most proven receivers in the league. Johnny. Yeah. I told something I wanted to say about him and uh, all both sides, valid points. Um, Kirk is just, I mean, if you watch the, the, the games guys, like Kirk, Kirk is not instilling fear in anybody. Like he's just not, you're not supremely confident with Kirk cousins as your quarterback. I mean, he might have some, some good moments throughout the game. I feel like I've watched a lot of Vikings football Kirk puts up great numbers in garbage time. He's king of garbage time. He's king of getting blown out in the fourth quarter or the scores blown out through three quarters and he'll come in and put up some numbers in the fourth quarter. And uh, I, I, I just don't believe in this guy. And I don't think, I, I just don't think he belongs in the conversation as some guy who's going to win you meaningful football games. Cause he hasn't done it for his entire career. And it's been 10 years. The sample size is there, guys. The sample size is out on Kirk Cousins. This is why I started off my argument with, I am open to be proven wrong, and I'll wear it if he has a lot of success uh, with Kevin O'Connell. Because if he doesn't, I mean, he's a one-year deal. They are going to move on regardless. I mean, if, if he has a great year, which I don't think will happen, it'll be an interesting conversation with, with dollar figures, with quarterbacks, with a young coach. Like, do they, do they want to invest the future in this guy? I just – I think – I think the sample size is out on Kirk Cousins. And last thing I don't want to say is I, this solidified my opinion on Kirk Cousins. I was at the Chiefs Vikings game uh, a couple of years ago. Mahomes was out. Matt Moore was starting. Um, Kirk was terrible. The Vikings put up some points for a long time, but like you're a Vikings team coming into Arrowhead knowing that they're without Patrick Mahomes and you lost that game. Tyreek had over 150 yards receiving. Matt Moore put it up for the Chiefs. And you can attribute whatever you want to Mike Zimmer. I witnessed Kirk Cousins be terrible that game. And that wasn't prime time. It was at noon. No Thielen in that game, if I remember right, too. Just no Thielen. Yeah, so that's kind of a huge part. But I'm not trying to say that Kirk Cousins is elite. He's not elite, but I think with the year on this contract, Blame. elite is elite is four or five quarterbacks in this NFL. He, yeah. Kirk Cousins, in my mind, is a top 10 quarterback. And he's fringe, oh. fringe. And that's fine if you don't agree with it. He's fringe top 10 quarterback in the league that can win you a lot of games if you put him in the right position. With this, like I said, with this prove it year, new offense, a lot of weapons, I, I believe in it. So let it be worth it seems like he needs a lot, a lot, a lot around him when he's getting paid this much money. You'd think that you would just, well, you know, have some talent, but you know, that's just me. Um, <laughs> Chan, can I say the, one more thing? On oh, p- please, okay. Johnny. That okay. doesn't have to end now, son. He's just like, like so funny. Too. Like God, he's like he's such a goober. Like he's yeah. up there with like Russell Wilson calling himself Mister Unlimited. Like K- Kirk's. You like that? You like that? Like, dude, you you stink. You put tinfoil on the grill when you cook steak. Like yeah. he's just he's just cringe. Like, Ugh. like I just I just can't. Like Mahomes and Josh Allen are so swaggy. I know you're not saying he's. I know Blaine, you're not saying he's on that level, but like. Like how I think Derek Carr's kind of cringe. Like they're just, he's just not cool. Kudos to him for making all that money though. I mean, that's sick, but I just, I I'm out on Kirk. And I can tell you one thing too, the state of Minnesota, the people do not believe in Kirk. I know they hate Kirk. Oh, yeah. it's 50, 50. No, it is. Okay. If it's anything, it's not 50, 50 Blaine. Uh-huh. It's probably like 80, 20. It's 50, 50. <sighs> You must be including those lakes in that conversation up there, huh? <laughs> but um, well, boys, another phenomenal division rundown. Anybody got any final close? Do we, do we want to do? Let's do predictions of the order of the NFC North. Um, I think that we were a lot more on the same page of the NFC 
uh, West in terms of our predicted order of finish. So let's go through the NFC North uh, predicted order of finish here to end the show. Blaine, um, I feel like I'm going to hate yours the most. So let's go ahead and start with yours. But as I said, Packers are one. I want to put the Vikings there, but they're just too much. That defense, I have no idea. Uh, Vikings two, Lions three, Bears four. Okay. Johnny? Me to go. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. I, I like the Lions a lot. They're still a year, you know, a couple of years off from this roster being super competitive. The Vikings have a better roster. I think Kirk is better than Goff. I'll pick the same as Blaine. So Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Sorry, sorry, Bears fans. It's you're in hell right now. You are. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch mine up a little bit. Um, just to be a little bold, uh, get the people, you know, going a little bit. I'm gonna go Packers, obviously, number one. Um, I'm going to go Lions, number two. I'm going to go Vikings, three, and Bears, four. Um, I just – I really kind of weirdly believe in the Lions. I really do. And also, there would be no better scenario for me if Goff finished above Cousins uh, for the Figure It Out pod. It would really give a lot of validation to me um, if it were to happen. So, I am full-on Lions. Uh, maybe they're my NFC team this year. One that I obviously would not care about at all, but if they could finish above Kirk Cousins, my God, Blaine, you, Blaine, <laughs> you, 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 Blaine, no, no, this is my segment. No. Let me finish. You would really get it, son. If that yeah. happens, you would get it. You just put Jordan Turner on his the edge of his seat, thinking that you were going to put the Bears in front of the Vikings, and you didn't. You had your chance, Chandler. Jordan Turner I, was waiting to hear it, and you didn't give it to him. I love Turner um, so much, and it just pains me to say this, but I really don't love the Bears. I mean, I tried <laughs> to be positive in my Bears intro to the pod, but I really tend to agree with a lot of what you guys said. I just don't, I just don't see it. I really don't, um, and, and hopefully we're wrong. So, well, boys, um, anything, anything else? Anybody's got anything that they need to say? Get off their chest. We're all good. Okay, another very successful NFC uh, uh, division preview. We'll be back next week. Um, boys, what do we want to do? The NFC South next week? We want to do the NFC South? We will do the NFC South next week. Um, that will be awesome. Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. So we will uh, have that for you guys next. Uh, you'll hear it on Thursday. Um, thank you for tuning in as always. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at figured out underscore pod. Boys, it's been real. Johnny Blaine, take it easy, okay? See ya. See ya.